You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 155 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And uh, when studying the craft of writing, we learn about creating characters who are well-rounded, who have <laughs> weaknesses and strengths. Uh, but what happens when characters unleash the evil within? I like this topic because, well, I do like gray and nuanced characters. I like villains with good traits and I like heroes with not always the best of traits. I think it makes them more relatable. So this is going to be a fun podcast to explore the dark side of your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Autumn wrote a blog post quite a while back uh, for the I'm Writing Fantasy uh, blog. So um, that's sort of the starting point for this conversation i guess you could call it at least that's what inspired us to dive into the pool of evil today <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's the good evil pool right so it should be kind of i don't know if it's shallow or only deep in a couple areas but we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it yeah, should we'll be interesting that. we'll see where it takes us absolutely so how are things over in denmark uh well not much has changed to be honest, since last week, you know, I'm still just preparing for the referee instructor class and mm -hmm. uh, practicing presentations. And I had a meeting the other day with our, with my mentor. And uh, so, yeah, I still have not gotten back to writing at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have enough going on that that seems fair. Plus, it's giving me time to read book two so that I'll be ready to help plot book three. So take your time. You're good. Fine. <laughs> Good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You deserve the break. <laughs> yeah. Well, something funny I wanted to mention. You know how in the master uh, mailing list course mm -hmm. that we have available for sale on amwritingfantasy.com. Total plug mm -hmm. there if somebody wants to check that out. But, <laughs> but you know in that course how we talk about how you can possibly segment your email list? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. I remember that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So our insurance company should really learn a bit about this oh, segmentation no, really? of email lists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because they what did we do? received a letter from the, or an email rather, from the insurance company yesterday. Uh-huh. And uh, then I logged in to read, what, what was this message about? Because I was I was not expecting any message, so I was like, oh, okay. And... Uh, then I read that email from them and it's they just wanted to let me know that in some cases they have not treated cases concerning pregnant pregnant women in the proper way. <laughs> and they want to let me know that uh, this would change going forward. Okay. <laughs> that was exactly my thing. I was like, okay, I'm not a woman. I don't think I'm pregnant, at least. I don't I don't believe so. Um so I was just like Maybe you should learn a bit about segmenting your email list. Yeah. At least, 
at least segment between men and women. I think that should not be too difficult. Well, maybe they thought, you know, in case you wanted to let your wife know that, you know, the car... Well, then send a message to her. I agree. <laughs> they should have been able to figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe, maybe there's something about it that they thought like um, they wanted to inform people, you know, in general, like a general information yeah. that we are sorry that we have. I mean, I, I fully understand the message. Nothing wrong with the message there. Right. It's good that if they discovered that they have been doing something wrong and they recognize it and they want to correct it. I'm all for that. Very good. <laughs> good information. Right. But couldn't you just like maybe put an announcement on your website or on your blog or something to say like, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't understand why they're sending out emails to males, letting them know about pregnant women and how they, how they handle cases for pregnant women. I, I don't quite understand. Maybe they didn't understand either. They took the least, they did the yeah, point. Yeah, just like. Blind. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was the intern who was at work that day and it was like, who am I supposed to send it to? I don't know. Send it to everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I don't know how to segment. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's better to be over informative than l- less informative. Maybe they just never had thought about putting a gender question in their information. Uh, well,. They have our, uh, like, uh, what is that called in English? I don't know. Uh, Dennis, Dennis is like, you have a, it's not a social security number, but you have like mm-hmm. a number, uh, you know, uh, what is it called in English? Don't you have like in the US, a, a, like a a number in the official systems yeah. for you yourself, you know? Yeah, that would, yeah, that's their social security number. Is it that in your, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, okay. But anyway, um, they do have that number, and uh, numbers ending on equal numbers is women, and unequal uh-huh. numbers are men. So it's oh, not that, that difficult so to work out. Yeah, that's not like that over here. It's pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. Yes. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> we threw something at the wall. It seems to be working. At least it hasn't collapsed yeah. under its own weight yet. So we're good. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> Let's not cover, comment on the U.S. government, please. <laughs> it, no, that's it, what I was thinking. <laughs> it's just, this is not a political podcast. <laughs> no, just let it fly. Let it fly. <laughs> Didn't hear anything. Yes. <laughs> so, but how are things on your end? Pretty good. Just uh, lots going on. Doing a little, going to actually be doing a little bit of a seasonal job and just rearranging life. And we're going to be moving, and we have some extended family uh, worries with mental health and old age. So that's you know weighing on us. And but the good news is at least I've had some gotten to create some really awesome book covers recently, and I'm on like the last chapter for Magic Unleashed. I'm just spoofing it up and got to check some of the weird character traits that we came up with especially dialect so once i finish that <laughs> it's off to the editor so i'm really excited and i can't wait to delve into the second book which is bane of dark gods and you know then we have to figure out the plotting for the final book and the name we it's the only one we have a name so we have no name for us we have no name for it now. so we have to name it and we have to come up with the plot so that's all going good. So, you know, there's there's bright lights here and there and mid the murkiness. So <laughs> life is chaotic. <laughs> eventually, I keep saying this, eventually my life will settle down. But yeah, we can hope. I have hope. 
hope is a good note to end on. Yes. <laughs> a week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So just a couple of thank yous to uh, share here today. Uh, first of all, Pamela Payne joined us on Patreon. Thank so you. thank you so much for your support, Pamela. Yes. Uh, and we also have Moosebeard. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that's actually the name that it goes by on Patreon. Uh, but yeah. Moosebeard rejoined us as well. Uh, so thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Yes, I enjoyed the conversations with Moosebeard. I know I've talked to him a couple times in the past, so I'm excited he came back to us after a little hiatus. And it's wonderful to meet you, Pamela. Thank you so much for your support on Patreon. And we're well, glad to have you. And it's my responsibility to send you the book cover, bookmark that comes with um, joining cover. us. <laughs> yeah, book cover. Sorry, I've got book covers on the brain. But bookmark, and it will do that tomorrow or thursday i promise so if it's late it's my fault i'm sorry yeah it happens uh but if you haven't checked out patreon yet and all the different rewards that we do offer to supporters over there please follow the links in the show notes and uh also just to reiterate uh, patreon is the only source of funding we have for this podcast and uh, to be very honest, we are not see- seeing nearly as much support as we would like there. So please go and uh, check it out. We appreciate it. If you do support us, thank you so much. And on to today's topic. I actually reread the blog post, The Evil Within, this morning, <laughs> Autumn. And uh, you started out by talking about using arsenic to poison loved ones and neighbors and stuff like that. So when I started reading, I oh, you almost scared me from this from the start of the block. Did I tell you I was into poisons? No. <laughs> that is it was an article I think in Atlas Obscura that got me thinking about this topic and it started with talking about when arsenic was banned and how prevalent it had been used to kind of take care of some members of the family or neighbors or how many people actually poisoned people with arsenic. And I was thinking, not all of these people were bad people. They were people who had lot, you know, they might've had kids. They had people they loved in their lives. There was just, for some reason, one person or hopefully one, we're not talking about serial killers here, (laughs) um, just someone they wanted to get rid of. And they would use this readily available poison that was just, you could just buy it at the corner store. And there was very little repercussions from getting as much of it as you wanted. And the symptoms are pretty benign. You could mistake it for a lot of different illnesses. And so a lot of people seem to have been offed. Uh, over the centuries <laughs> it sounds so horrible it's, it's just like tough. i'm just imagining like everybody going to the corner stores and buying arsenic for everybody they don't like it's just like it's, uh, oh it's like oh there's that um oh there's a play what is it tea and arsenic or tea old lace and arsenic something like that tea and old lace i can't remember the actual title but it was sort of the same thing as like someone invites you over to tea they want to put bury the hatchet between oh. you and yeah they're gonna bury something <laughs> maybe not a hatchet be careful when you're invited for social calls <laughs> in the 18th century i guess in 17th century and not not the best time 
So I thought that why, was... Why was it so easy to get your hands on? Did it say anything about that in that article? Or it just you... wasn't regulated. I mean, this was before regulations and things like that. You could, I mean, at the time you could get Belladonna. There was a whole bunch of stuff that pharmaceutical that were used as like an apothecary. There we go. So you could just pick this up. It was used to poison rats and, you know, other critters, vermin around the house, not necessarily your neighbor. But it was used readily, <laughs> readily for many different things, including, uh, I mean, there was a time when it was on uh, wallpaper. It was used very, the first wallpapers were almost coated in arsenic. So we just didn't understand. We kind of knew it was poisonous, but we didn't realize how badly it was poisonous, except for the people who were using it to kill off people, I guess. Oh my God. Yeah. And just imagine somebody worked it out and then there's like, hey, got to tell you a secret. If you don't like that guy, take this bottle, put it in his tea. You <laughs> just see how bad it is. And then, and then all of a sudden, everybody knows. And it's like, where did this all start? Every yeah. time you go to a tea party nowadays, you have to be scared. That's horrible. Yeah, but anyway, this isn't a, a podcast about arsenic and how to, how it was once historically prevalent way of uh, getting rid of people you no longer wanted in your life. Oh, a new marriage? <laughs> but no, this is about those people who were probably, you know, good people. Maybe they went to church. They were had led good lives, but something made them do something very evil and it started making me think about even our characters especially often fantasy you know people talk about superficial or cardboard characters and i started thinking about well how often do we really explore the depths or the evil within our heroes instead of just having you know you we do these lists of traits of you know they like blue they hate their little sister because she once stole their favorite toy or something. We make up these stories that go with our characters, but often we don't include like a truly bad character flaw, or even when it comes to just doing a bad action, maybe they just lose their temper. And that was one of the places I really started is what happens if your character, this good person just Frickin' has a bad day. They've been hiking. They've been struggling, especially if they're not the hero. Maybe they're the side character or a sidekick and they're just a point of view character. And they've gone through all of this quest for their bestie, best friend. And they've stood by and they've been hurt, wounded. They're sick. They're tired. They're muddy. Wouldn't they just snap and just freaking <laughs> yell or hit or punch or just go down to the tavern and they don't mean to take it out on somebody else but they're not going to go hit their best friend and they end up in a brawl and i'm thinking this is this is a character trait that's kind of interesting why aren't we exploring more of the evil within our good heroes but it humanizes the protagonist right um i, I mean so. having them sometimes make mistakes or just not being the perfect hero, uh, it it humanizes them. I I think it makes the character more believable and more likable. In fact, I mean, not not likable because they do a bad thing, but more likable because you can relate to it. You know, you know that that from yourself. You you can get, you sometimes get angry and you do or say things you regret because you were too too angry <laughs> so having a protagonist that sometimes end up in that situation as well i i think it's actually a good thing yeah and maybe, maybe sometimes as writers we're too concerned about 
having the character always being the likable person that, that does all the right things and so on. Maybe maybe we think too much about it. Or maybe we just need to dial it down a notch and make them more human. Yeah, I think that's such a good way of putting it. I mean, it's, we do relate to it. We've all had those moments where, you know, if we if you there were new repercussions, how many times would you just like to go ahead and hit your boss or just just act out and actually say what is on your mind but we hold ourselves back but the fun thing about fantasy is or any fiction is that we can actually explore what happens if you don't or what is that straw that will break you or break your character and make them act out and would that be the interesting usually we have um the dark knight of the soul and it's based on the character being stubborn and refusing to admit something but what if it comes out that they just don't want to admit that they're wrong about something. What if they do something stupid or horrible or they act out and do something that's wrong and they have to come to a reckoning about their own actions? That's also a very powerful Dark Knight of the Soul. And we don't explore that that much in fantasy. It's usually a consequence that happens to them. But what if they're the cause of it? Yeah, that that's a good point. Um and I think as well, it, it's not only about the relationship between us as writers towards the reader, but it's also between the characters themselves. Um, you know, that, well, sometimes even having a character who is just like the completely unlike, unlikable or unrealistic love interest or where you know like this is never going to happen and then in some way or one way or the other it ends up happening anyway between the two characters like i i saw um i saw on goodreads you know they have this listopia stuff with oh, yes. different kind of things and listed together and there is a list called characters hate each other then fall in love <laughs> and there's 263 <laughs> books in that list so I like that. it's kind of a thing <laughs> it is kind of a thing oh they often i've seen it in real life too that sometimes people who aren't getting along is because they are too similar and maybe they're traits that they need to accept about themselves <laughs> and once they do they can bond but there's a lot of learning maybe self-learning before you become um can actually get along with this person who's sort of like your psychological twin so that is a, also a good way of of looking at it is yeah the characters who should get along but end up not but end up then falling in love that's a fun twist yeah it's a character arc basically you're talking yeah. about there right i mean it's yeah. it's the character realizing maybe something i think it's more powerful when they realize something within themselves you know they mm -hmm. realize their own flaw and then yes. they figure out how to conquer that flaw and because of that then they get to fall in love or something like that i mean i think that works really well definitely and the other thing that i thought about with this is you know, what if your good characters are actually the ones who act first? Because that's another thing we often see. It's the main heroes, the good characters are the ones who are reacting to the antagonist, to the villain. So they're always, that's you know, they're point. the good ones. They're the ones trying to solve the problems. But, you know, if you have a nuanced villain and he's or she is trying to do the stuff in the best of their interest, but it's just rubbing your heroes the wrong way, 
what happens if they actually are the ones who attack first? What if they're the ones who go and cause, you know, they go attack the guards or they go attack a village. They do something that's more hostile, even though they're doing it out of the good, what they see their good interest. But that doesn't mean they're always necessarily going to act good. And that's, I mean, it's a theme I explored in my first trilogy, the one of the last scenes in the last book well the beginning of the chaos of the last book comes because the heroes go to save someone who's been kidnapped you know but they're being held hostage kind of cruelly but the person is still alive and they go to rescue them and they're just so angry they act out violently they destroy some beautiful temple this wonderful thing that this has been sacred for centuries they end up destroying it and then the bad guys, well, the quote unquote bad guys really have a reason to go and attack the heroes because now they're pissed off too. So something that maybe <laughs> could have been dialed back with some talking like, hey, you stole, you know, you kidnapped our friend. We want him back. It becomes, <laughs> hey, you kidnapped our friend. <laughs> <laughs> but it be, hey, it you shouldn't do that. Please give him back. <laughs> Oh, okay. My mistake. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know. I mean, it didn't have to go into a full world-scale war, but it does because they act out really aggressively. They overreact to something that they shouldn't have. And because of that, they technically hit first. They are the ones who started the whole war. I mean, if you look back in the history books... They always say the victor is the one who writes them. But if you looked back, I yeah. think they would be the, like, well, we probably shouldn't have gone and, and caught, done that. But that's sort of the difference. I mean, that's a fun topic to explore. If you have a good character with bad traits, are they still good? And I thought about that. And to me, my answer is a good character can do bad things. They just regret it later. They realize their actions were wrong. A villain will do good things and they'll do bad things, but they'll justify the bad. They will have a reason they did it. And they're like, it's fine that I killed a hundred people because they were going to just get in the way and they were stopping progress. Well, they're just justifying. I killed a hundred thousand to save 10 million or something like that. That will be their way of thinking. Exactly. And that's, to me, that's evil. They're justifying it. But a good character will be like, I hurt one person, you know, I acted out violently, you know, other people maybe died, or I destroyed this thing. And I shouldn't have done it. And I am wrong. And again, that can lead into a very powerful dark night of the soul going, what is wrong with me? Why did I follow the same path as this other person? You know, why? Why did I become slightly evil? I shouldn't have done that. How can I stop myself from doing that again? That's a huge turning point in a character art, in a novel, in a story. So that's fine. Why We should see that more in fantasy, in any literature. Yeah, and speaking about starting wars um, <laughs> because of it, um, not that long ago, no, maybe. I don't know, maybe it's actually a couple of years ago. I'm not sure. But I watched the show Troy. Uh, oh. I think it was on Netflix. Have you watched Troy? Uh, yeah, or? it's been a while ago. And there's so many different versions. There are a few Troys. But I did All watch right. I've watched two or three. I, have, I said I love history. So yeah, I've, I've done a lot on Troy. Yeah. I think this one was a TV series. It was not the one 
where Brad Pitt plays Achilles. Uh, oh, but yeah. oh, that is one of my most. I, I just absolutely love that. He's so freaking cool in that yes, uh, that is. role as Achilles. But uh, but that, that, I think this one was a different show. But the point I wanted to make was that the Trojan prince Paris mm-hmm. is uh, he's smitten by the beautiful Helen. Uh, who is then married to Manelaos. And uh, Paris is actually, as a, as a character, he's a bit of a coward. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and his love to Helen then sparks the entire Trojan War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it leads to the death of a lot of people. Um, oh, but, civilization. <laughs> yeah, but but in the context in the context of evil within, you know, Paris doesn't really care. Or, or perhaps he does care. I, I don't know, but he definitely does put his own wants and desires above everything else, mm-hmm. so that the evil within, basically, you know, it can take many forms. In this case, because he's a coward, he's not the one causing direct pain onto others, but he takes actions with them, which then has the consequences that causes the war and all the pain and all the people who soldiers who die and so on and so on. Right. So it can take many forms, and I, I think. I think it's important to look at it in a bit of a broader perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. That's it. It's true because I mean, you can always take just something like selfishness or cowardliness, and yeah, let it have, let it maybe be kind of bubbling underneath the surface, but then to manifest in a way that could be the inciting incident, like Helen being kidnapped. I mean, it sets off the whole chain of events. They could have, you know, negotiated that out. I don't know what Helen's view of that was. It is uh, relatively silent in the history of the world (laughs) where she played a part in this and if she (laughs) wanted to go even in the first place. But it's all it is an interesting topic to say, you know, these these character flaws can be in the hero and they can be the ones that really start the chaos of the book. It doesn't have to just be because there's a villain who's causing horrible things. I mean, truly the Greeks are not villains in, you know, with, in the Trojan war, they're going to rescue Helen, but it becomes this whole greater, you know, you can get into the socioeconomic issues going on and who wants to rule over everything. But Really, yeah. they're just coming to rescue Helen because she's theirs, and it's a love story. It's a love story, and you know, again, we we see it from the Greeks' point of view, but we can also often watch it from the Trojan point of view in modern day shows. So, really, yeah. there's no horrible party in there, except for maybe at the end when the Greeks are throwing babies off the walls of Troy and completely flattening the city. That's pretty rough, but. Boring. Yes. Boring. You just had to go there, Autumn. <laughs> well, I just recently read an article about um things on those natures, and I was just thinking, wow, I I'm I had forgotten that in the Trojan War that that was a scene in the Aeneid. Wow, yeah. Hmm. I think I just mentally <laughs> skipped that part. <laughs> yeah, but I do have a question here that oh, yeah. uh, I'm curious what you think about. Okay, because... you're surprising me. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Otherwise, there's no fun in recording podcasts if I can't <laughs> surprise you with something. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but it, this is more like a reflection um, mm-hmm. because speaking of the evil within, I'm just wondering, do you think that you can take this concept like too far? You know, can, can you end up actually disrupting your entire story and uh, you know, destroying everything because you're <laughs> taking it too far? Or, or or what do you think about that? 
I think so, but I think it depends on then what genre you're writing. So if you're going to write Noble Bright, your evil within your good character should, there should be something. And it could be deep. It could be one, you know, something that is a true evil trait that causes maybe a whole war, but they're going to regret it and they're going to grow from it and they're going to heal. And it's going to end up leading to maybe not the glowing future they wanted, but it would be a positive change. If you're writing dark fantasy, it could be what destroys the character or causes the chaos or moves it into like a dystopian dark fantasy that's really kind of it would definitely be very um more psychological as well as physical which could be a very interesting and aspect almost like a thriller and then of course if you want to transform either your hero or a sidekick or point of view character to a villain this is a great way let them you know it doesn't have to be you know people use things like alcoholism or they want to they're power hungry or they're corrupted by a magic gem but what if it's just a trait that gets out of control? Maybe they are a little self-centered or they're cowardly and they're trying to cover it up. And so they end up making the wrong choices, which leads to more wrong choices, which leads to greater evil and people die. Um, this one Netflix series, The Hundred, is a very interesting example because one of the the hero and the heroine of like the entire series, Clark, I think was her name. Yeah. She, yeah. Care- she was known as like this she killed hundreds and thousands of people and her actions were enough to almost just keep all of humanity from progressing into the next, I don't know what you would call it realm or state of being because of her actions. And she is basically left behind. It was like, you either go forward without her or you don't go forward at all. And you're lost as a whole society or culture race. So yeah. I thought that was fascinating. You still like Clark. You still think she's a great character. She did these things because she was trying to save people that she loved and her friends. But I did think at some point there were times I didn't relate to her because I'm like, she could have chosen a better way. She's especially towards the end where she's doing it all in the name of her daughter. And I'm just like, oh, my. Yeah, freaking yeah. it goodness. gets a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. it's like st- Stop the maternal thing. There's another side to her character that was much better earlier on. So, yeah, it could yeah. go too far. But again, it depends. You need to sit back and think about the genre you're writing for and the tone you want for your novel. And that's going to make it, you know, if you go too far one way, you're writing a completely different um, genre. Yeah, I think there's a good point around what character we're dealing with here as well. Because if it is the protagonist, I do think you need to be a bit careful um, yeah. because if you go too far, all the likability will go out the window. You just yeah. mentioned Clark there. In the end, in the later seasons of that show, uh, she started to really annoy me. I liked her in the beginning, but at some point it was just like, no, it's, it's too much now. Uh, but uh, if you take, well, Paris, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. we just, in Troy, you know, he's not a very likable character, actually. No. I, but I don't think it's too bad there because there are different characters that's it's more like there isn't like a one protagonist Mm -hmm. in in most of those shows it's more like the all the characters together that tells the story so so in that sense i i feel like it works but if you take for example uh did you watch the walking dead no i didn't i don't do zombie movies or shows (laughs) okay no okay but Andrea is a character in The Walking Dead, and Mm -hmm. I think she's a great example here because 
she is not the protagonist in mm-hmm. in that TV show, but in the comic books, she is a beloved character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not read the comics myself, but as far as I understand, she became like a second mother for the main protagonist's son, and basically she ends up marrying the protagonist later on in the comic books. As far as I understand, I could be wrong, but that's how I understood it. But actually, in the TV series, what they did here was that. Um, they had her as part of one of the earlier seasons. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, ha- they had her l- basically abandon the rest of the group, abandon the protagonist, because she sort of got very, I don't know, fascinated or whatever you want to call it with the show's main villain called the governor. And so so she just uh-huh. sort of went to him and, and stayed with him. And people just started hating this character. You know, when she sort of just left the protagonist uh, and just went for this. Uh, and he's the governor. He's like a real, like, insane fucker. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> uh, and she goes and, and basically stays with him. And it's like, okay, then she's out the window, right? Forget about her. Nobody likes her anymore. So this is an example of a character who in the comic books were quite liked. And mm-hmm. then because you made her do some things th- within the show. I don't think that those things happened in, in the comic books, but in the show, they made her do some things that were just like, you couldn't forgive it. Right. Or, or take uh, take Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones when he pushes the uh, young Baratheon out of the window in the beginning of the show, right? Even yeah. and, and they do like two million things throughout the coming, after following seasons there. They, they do so many things to try to redeem him and make him a good character and show all mm-hmm. but at least for me the fact that he pushed a kid out a window that never left me it, no, no matter what he did after that it was just like yeah but you you pushed a kid out the window it's just <laughs> not okay no matter what else you do for the rest of your life it's not okay right so, yeah. so i i do think there's something about you need to be mindful how far you take this evil within thing yes. and how far you drive because there are some some things you cannot come back from. Yeah, that's so true. It's, I agree. There's a difference between losing your temper or taking the first punch or even starting a conflict versus you know killing an innocent or wounding a child or these other things that are just... Yeah, you do those and it's going to hang over their heads the entire time. And there are some things that are completely unforgivable. Like I said, I think even Clark, there's a few things in The 100 that I just, you know, they they called her, the, what was it, Blood Raina or that was the other character. Yeah, but it's correct, just like yeah. you you do something that is so bad that it is it becomes your title, that you are tainted by it and it'll follow you everywhere. And you might be good, but you're never going to be as good you're never going to hit those high high points you're never going to be untarnished and that might work for your story it might show a great character but again if you are writing noble bright you're going to have people who want that pureness or at least something a little bit higher where it's like wow your 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 friend or your counselor really did some bad things but you stayed clean you stayed out of it or you at least told him not to go do that that's sort of who you want as your main character but another one's in dystopian or dark fantasy, that might work great for your main character to have that kind of an arc where it's just like they want to 
you know, earn their place back, but they know they're never going to get quite as far or as high and accepting that, that they're going to have to live with this, uh, with this taint in their soul for the rest of their life is, is also a very nuanced thing and then probably a very powerful story to write, but you got to make sure you're setting up your entire story for that kind of level of impact and not just, you know, write your way into a corner and then go, Oh crap. That's not what I wanted to do with my (laughs) character. That would be bad. (laughs) Yeah. But also that the thing that happens or the consequence or the action that the character took was something that is, is forgivable as long Mm -hmm. as the character is really, you know, regretting it and showing Mm -hmm. their regret and trying to make it better. But it has to be something that is forgivable. Because yes. otherwise you cannot come back from it. And for some reason, hurting an animal is just like nobody forgives it. You know, if the character in the first scene of the story kicks a dog or a cat or something. That's it. Nobody Done. will forgive it. I mean, you can have stories where the main character kills somebody and mm-hmm. that is forgivable for, for whatever reason. You know, if, if killing another person is, is apparently okay under some circumstances, of course, not every circumstance, but... Readers can forgive stories where the protagonist kills somebody, but if the protagonist kicks a dog or a cat, <laughs> no way. That's it. No. They will never be forgiven. Do you think Game of Thrones... No, it'll never be forgiven. But do you think Game of Thrones would have been different with Jamie if he had ever showed true guilt and apology to even Bran, just to actually have felt hard out sorry? Because he did, at least in the show, I didn't finish reading all the books, but in the show, he never seemed to be apologetic. He, again, just said, I did it because I wanted to save Cersei, because I had to do it for my sister. He always justified it. He never said, I'm yeah. sorry. He never, You never felt he was sorry for it. And I think that yeah. is part of why we see that tarnishment to his character. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um I think if Bran had died from the fall, then mm-hmm. it wouldn't have mattered if he had regretted it or shown regret. Then mm-hmm. I don't think there would be any coming back from that. But because Bran did not die, and if you had shown Jamie Lannister really being saddened about it and or it really it's weighing on him and he, he's regretting it and then maybe, maybe you could pull him back from that. Uh, and maybe people would re- would sort of forgive him after a while. Um, yeah, but I think it's only because Bran survived the fall. Otherwise, it would have been. It doesn't matter how much it. Uh, probably most people would feel like, or most readers, and in this case, we're we're talking about a TV show, so viewers in this case. <laughs> but probably most people would just be like, "Yeah, it's good that you're feeling that bad. You deserve it." You know. Exactly. So it's not about forgiving anymore. It's more like, "Yeah, you deserve that." So it becomes something else all of a sudden. Yes, I agree. So yeah, so I think that's a good conclusion that there are there are some things that you can't pull a character fully back from, which could work for depending on your genre. But if you're writing certain types of fantasy, if you want your character to emerge scathed, you know, scratched, but pretty much, you know, okay, there's probably a few things you should avoid. But otherwise, exploring those evil intentions, uh, that evil within, is is a really interesting way of progressing a story and showing a character arc and showing a character arc change that is much more dramatic than some of the minor like oh you're mildly irritating and you have a stutter that i can't stand you know that's that's so minor compared <laughs> to the the 
what we're talking about, these traits that we're talking about here. All right, that's very good. So we will be back next Monday and it is time for a critical reading episode where we will be discussing Jade City by Fonda Lee, which is the one we've been reading over this past month. So see you then. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>